Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. And Furniture Cat Furniture. Quality cat furniture. Online at furniture.com. That's P-U-R-R-N-I-T-U-R-E.com. Buzz up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, today's show is going to the cats and then to the dogs. We have a Cynthia Chomos. She's the creative founder of Catio Spaces. And later, we're going to talk all things DOG with Robin Bennett of the Dog Gurus. First up, our special guest is Cynthia Chomos. And I just want to set the stage. Because indoor cats are talking to me right now. They're saying, hey, hey, all you humans out there, we really appreciate those toy mice that you toss at us in the the hallway. We like the yummy, healthy treats. um, But we're meowing for something more. We want to be able to safely see and smell the great outdoors. Uh Oh, I saw a Robin. Is that a Robin? Robin? So we've got somebody on our show today that's, helping them get their wishes come true. And she is one of the leaders in this much needed trend that enriched the lives of indoor cats. She does it with something called catios. So please get your purr on. Let's welcome the founder and designer of Catio Spaces, Cynthia Chomos. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thank you. I'm thrilled to share the benefits of catios. Well, and you have a feline muse that doesn't have just one, but uh, four catios. Uh, all your other cats, don't be gel gel. Um, who is your who is your feline muse? My feline muse is Miss Serena. Uh, she's an orange tabby uh, who came to me in a dream. And once I found her, it was out of a desire to keep her safe outdoors. I'm a gardener. I love nature. And it was out of a desire to keep her safe outdoors that I thought, hey, I should build catios and design them so that they complement a home. My background, I'm also a feng shui consultant. So it's all about creating harmonious spaces. And 
pets are part of our lives. And when we satisfy and take care of all the pets in our home, then there's greater harmony in our lives. I know. And I know you said feng shui, but it's also probably feng shui with the kitties a little bit, right? <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. For years, people have had patios. Some are covered, some are not. Um, and then our dogs and cats have really become part of our families. And, you know, you can just list a few reasons, but I have four cats and they all are indoor cats, but I don't want them to go stir crazy. So what are some of the bennies that you think um, catios offer for cats that are living indoor lives? I mean, my cat goes in a stroller, walks on a leash, does all these other things, but boy, does he dig. We actually created a petio because we have dogs and cats. Oh, but tell us, tell people, because it's something, I think something that we really should be thinking about. Right. Well, for indoor cats, you know, they're held captive <laughs> in a certain respect. Yeah. You know, they're <laughs> always true. at the window wanting to see what's going on, trying to breathe fresh air. And oftentimes we can add the stimulation enrichment indoors, but there's nothing like having their paws on the ground, watching birds, smelling the scents. And I think if I were a cat, I would want to be outside. So, but there are many, many dangers, um, predators, poisons, um, diseases from other animals, certainly vehicles. Vehicles are a biggie. And, you know, cats, for cats that are allowed to go freely outdoors, it's really behooven upon us to really care for their well-being. And part of that is keeping them safe. So there's obviously the protection from the hazards of the outdoors, which in turn can reduce vet bills. And we also want to protect birds and wildlife because according to the American Bird Conservancy, 2.4 million birds are killed by free-roaming cats outdoors. And so wow. a catio will help you know, protect our backyard. You're like a diplomat between birds and cats, aren't you? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and obviously, if there's fewer free roaming cats, that's decreasing the, the pet population out there, the feral cat population. Um, reduce, I think, too, it can reduce multi-cat stress indoors. Okay. Um, I've had a lot of clients whose cats, you know, they, they need more territory and a catio is a great diversion. If you have a cat door in a window wall or a door, the cats can come and go as they please. And so it gives that relief and that stress relief. Um, certainly it's going to enrich the cat with bird watching and chasing bugs and all the fun things that can happen in a catio. Um, another yeah, yeah, when the weather is, is nice here, I'm in Dallas, we get all the, the two dogs and the kitties out in our enclosed uh, patio. We call it patio because we got dogs. And we got a cat tree in there, Cynthia. We got an orthopedic bed for the dogs. And I just take delight because there's always a fly or some really stupid bug comes in. And they're they're toast with, with our cats. <laughs> <laughs> the they get to express I their natural that. hunting instincts, you know, yeah. which... Which is great. Absolutely. Um, but there's also, you know, if the catios are like in your case, your patio, it's big enough where you can spend time out there. So it gives bonding opportunities for cats and their humans. And goodness, nature is good for humans, too. You know, we need fresh air and to be able to unplug. 
Um, it's you're, you're in Seattle. Is that correct? Yes. You're based in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. So uh, you can get some bone chilling days there too, can't you? Yes. And I, I get photos from cat parents from all over the country whose cats go out in the snow. Oh. <laughs> They're up on the shelves flying. Like, what is this? And then it'll, you know, the, it'll come down on him. But uh, yeah, there, some will be warm weather, you know, only, but others will, will not. The other thing too is um, patios help promote good neighbor relations. Okay. Uh, there have been several cities throughout the United States that have adopted cat leash laws, uh, complaining about cats. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so cats are using neighbors, you know, vegetable beds as litter boxes. So another benefit Honey, is that's not and, a radish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh no. But but another benefit is you can have an outdoor litter box in the catio. And it oh, should good. never, yeah, it should never replace the one indoors. But if the cats are out having a good time and they can, you know, do their business al fresco, why not? They can just stay out and play. <laughs> Did you say al fresco? Yes. Oh, awesome. All right. You're, you're my new cat best friend. Um, well, I I do know that I think in 2023, it is a, a good time to be a cat. There are adventure cats. Uh, more millennials are are adopting cats. And I'm so proud that real men love cats. So are you starting to see that cats are getting a groove on, that people are really in, bringing them into being a full bona fide member of their families? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have I have a lot of I mean predominantly my when we're building custom catios it's primarily you know female cat owners but I would say ten percent are male and uh, but you know cat men love cats and uh, they're all part of the household so yeah well we're speaking with uh, Cynthia Chomos she is the genius behind the genius behind catiospaces dot com and there's a lot of great material on that website. But we're going to talk more about some specifics about catios and how our good friend Cynthia is helping you. She's got some DIY that will put your purr on. So everybody sit and purr. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, pet pals, welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're chatting with Cynthia Chamos. She is the uh, founder, designer of Catio Spaces. And like I do with all my guests, it's always kind of curious. Um, when you grew up as a little girl, did you say, I'm going to create catios? Or what was your your dream job you thought while you were uh, you know, rocking back and forth on a swing set? <laughs> I wanted to travel. That was my thing. I wanted to travel. But I grew up, I, I was never around cats until my neighbor's cat adopted me when I bought my first house. So I've been a dog person my whole life, but that's a whole nother story. Basically, once my cat showed up in my life, I was hooked. 
when people go to cateospaces.com, I love this because you offer PDFs that have specific DIY uh, plans and the variety, the size. Um, can you talk? I mean, isn't just one size fits all catio? You want to, I'm, I'm looking at some of these. Um, there's the uh, cat tunnel. There's the Oasis tunnel. There's the window box. You've got a lot of different DIY plans you've created. Right. And, and it really was born out of the fact that I love building custom catios, but cat parents everywhere need to have catios, in my opinion. So anyway, I designed, you know, it, it, whether it's a small little window box with a bird's eye view of the garden and fresh air. So I designed a window box catio that um, okay. these are DIY blueprints. You get the blueprint, you go out and you get your materials and there's step-by-step instructions on how to do this. But there's a window box. There's what I call the Haven, which is a very um, three to four feet out from the house, but tall. You don't need a lot of space because cats love vertical space as well as horizontal movement. So the Haven is kind of tall, compact next to the house. And then there's a wider one called the Sanctuary, which is a six by eight or an eight by 10 blueprint. Room for seating, lots of shelves, plants. Uh, it can really become an outdoor room. When I see my cats out in the patio, it's screened in and all that. We never leave them by themselves. I just see this extra, the eyes get shinier. I don't know. What What are you thinking? They're, they're it's the joy. Working. There's just the joy of they're, they're in their natural environment. You know, they do want to be outside and, and there's also the joy for the cat parent. You know, there's nothing better than knowing your, your fur baby's happy and content outside. So there's a joy factor on both ends. So how, how do people find out? I mean, how do you get the word out besides being on the best radio show on the planet right now? (laughs) I mean, People need to know about you. Can you, can you, how are you, you were formerly in marketing. How are you getting the word out? Um, I write a blog every month and I have a newsletter that goes out. I'm on Facebook, uh, YouTube. I've produced a lot of videos in my former life. I was a video producer, so I take great joy in videotaping my, my clients and their cats and showcasing the different environments that catios can blend in and complement. And, um, and then I, I work um, with a PR gal, and so we do news releases. In fact, we did one just recently about how to keep pets safe this spring because spring fever is here. And there's a lot of door dashing cats or, you know, scratching screens and trying to escape. So well, I, I, I did kind of, I, I prowled around uh, cateospaces.com and I, I can concur with what you're saying, Cynthia. She's got this amazing link to a photo gallery where actual DIY patios are being used by people all over the place. She's got articles and videos on the top 10 benefits of patios. She's got the plan. She's got catio cat guides to bird watching. So are cats going like, you know, cats do this. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're trying to beckon the bird to get closer. I laugh all the time because... The cat's like, I have a bird brain. I know you're a cat. I mean, but do you hear that cackle in Serena oh, yes. sometimes when a kitty comes, when a bird comes nearby? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But it's interesting because if you listen to the birds, they do their warning chirp that, they're, hey, there's a cat outside. Even if it's in a catio, they're like, you know, a little alarm that there's a cat in the present in the garden. So 
you also, um, which I'm, I'm proud of you for, you do like to give back. So you have some type of affiliate program you want to talk about? Yes, I have um, an affiliate program for animal welfare organizations and animal advocates where um, I provide curated posts each month. And when an, uh, an affiliate shares the benefits of catios and the DIY plans, 10% of any sale comes back to that affiliate or advocate. So it's a way I can give, I can give back because <clears throat> I'd love to have 10 cats, but my little girl, she's a one and only. And well, I try to have an orange tabby bee female. That's pretty interesting. I did see her. She's in the back. I see her. Uh, oh, Serena. I have, I have cat eyes. Serena, you're on the radio. Um, anyway. <laughs> so um, what's something that cats have made done to make you a better human? Cats have done. Oh, you know what? There is just one of the things that I love is just the stillness and the way they just connect in, like lay on you when you just need to relax. I I feel like I could never live without a cat. Uh, I Serena's my soul sister, and there is just oh, I love that. she just there's just this presence. It's just this sweet. She has a very sweet, pure, gentle presence. Both of my cats, the previous cat that adopted me, um, have the same kind of energy. They're just very calm. And um, and she came to me in a dream. So I, yeah, yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, I was a possessed, mad cat woman trying to find this cat. And, you know, female orange tabbies are rare. Yeah. And if you're going to adopt a cat under six months, the shelters want you to adopt two for behavior and all of that. But I was clear it was just one. And I eventually found her. And you find her. Uh, I went to every shelter in Seattle. And um, ironically, you know how sometimes when you go after something and then you let it go, like I was out in my garden gardening because I just had to get my head off of it. And my neighbor walks by and she was looking, she was going to... Um, adopt a dog. And I said, well, where are you going to adopt? She goes, pet finder. I'm like, there's pet finder. I've never had to find animals. Right. Right. And so I dropped my garden tools. I came in and I went on the computer and I looked up female orange tabby and I got four States and I started scanning the photos and there she was. That was the one from my dream. Now, when I called the foster mom, she said, you know, I told her the story about the dream and, and in the dream, she had this white flame on her forehead, a very faint meow. Well, it turns out that the cat that was in the picture was one of two identical female orange tabbies. Oh, my gosh. And she said, I have a black felt tip mark in the left ear of Susie and Sally's got it in her, her other ear. <laughs> so, so I drove up there not knowing which one it was going to be. And I went into the back room at, at PetSmart and she opened up the first cage. And the first one kind of looked at me and meander off. The second one came out of the cage, looked around the room, came right over, curled up in my lap. And I was just bawling. I was like, <laughs> This is the cat from the dream. <laughs> oh and, uh, yeah. So okay, she's well, it's a it's a dream to have you uh, as a guest on our show, Cynthia. And, oh, thank um, you. I, I just want everybody to know catiospaces.com. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go to the DOGs with the remarkable Robin Bennett of the Dog Gurus. So, in this case, everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Were you hanging out right here while we were gone waiting for us to get back? <laughs> yeah, you know how long that was in dog years, right? Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now raise your hand, your paw, if you love treating your dog to a walk in your neighborhood. Yeah, I know I do. I do. I do. <laughs> well, what do you do if... A loose dog comes heading your way. You're about to find out from our special guest. She is the co-founder of the Dog Gurus. She's one of the nation's top certified professional dog trainers. And she's a pretty cool chick, too. So please give pause and applause to Robin Bennett. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. We haven't talked in a while, so this is fun. I know, I know. It's been too long. Hey, you know, Robin, I'm I'm betting many of our pet pals tuning in right now have experienced just that, where you're taking your dog uh, for a walk and, uh-oh, here comes a loose dog heading your way. It's, it's such a, a big issue that I think you've actually given a webinar on it. Can you talk I about have. that? Yeah, I have. I It's one of the most common questions I get is what do I do when a loose dog is coming up? And even for me, my dog that I have right now is actually friendly, but I've had reactive dogs. doesn't seem to matter. It's fearful. It scares me when a dog is approaching us because you never know what that dog is going to be like. And then even more, if you know your dog is not good with other dogs. So there are some things that you can do to help kind of mitigate things. Uh, number one is I would learn about canine body language. That will probably help you to know, should you actually be nervous or is the dog actually yeah. friendly? That might help to well, start with. And I, I, I'm i humbly trying to learn Spanish through, uh, uh, you know, Duolingo and I sound Italian, but I'm reading it. <laughs> but you definitely have a PhD, pretty happy dog, in you speak dog. And I think communication is the biggest thing. Everybody's coming out of COVID. They've got dogs. They want to do things. They want to get out and about. I know going to the, tell us the different things that you do that they can get some, steer them to the the roughly speaking dog, what it's about and why it's part of the dog gurus. Absolutely. So the dog gurus really was founded on teaching canine body language primarily to pet care businesses. So we work with daycare and boarding facilities around the world to help them know how to keep dogs safe when they're doing off-leash play with those dogs. And it's great thing is it's stuff everybody can learn. And pet parents, we really want you to have a better way to communicate with your dog. So we started taking that knowledge from the dog gurus and put it together in a membership site at Roughly Speaking Dog, where you can learn about canine body language and just how to build a better bond with your dog, mostly through understanding how to read their body language, because it's really not that hard. And that will just... Well, and I want to make sure people have the right spelling. It's R-U-F-F-L-Y, speaking dog. Yep. (laughs) All right. I'm laughing. I have a degree in communications from Purdue, but I think I'm going to get schooled by Robin Bennett (laughs) of Roughly Speaking Dog and Dog Gurus. (laughs) I think it's your your program is long overdue because our dogs don't bluff. They're not going to win a poker game, are they? They aren't. And and there's so many ways you can be a better advocate for your dog. All the little miscommunications that sometimes happen between people and pets 
can be avoided if we just understand what they're saying. And they are very obvious. Once you learn just a few simple things that you can help to better understand your dog when you're out and about with them. And that translates to seeing another dog approaching yours. So hopefully that dog does not intend to do harm. But if you can read them, you can probably get a better sense of that and then take some action to hopefully prevent injury to yourself or to your dog if you're out for a walk with your dog. So um, we're not going to spill all the beans because we want people to join their group. But this is really important because a dog fight, a dog bite, it not only has a physical scar, it can have an emotional scar on both the person and the dog. And they're reading our body language. So I'm really, people are interested. Here we go, walking our dog on a leash. Give us a, a few do's and don'ts. Should we see a dog coming or, or should we back up and just say, what do we do on the on the walk to kind of what should we bring? How do we get in the right mindset? Let's start with the start. Position. Yeah, so I would say things to bring. Number one are treats. I love to bring treats when I walk my dog. I don't necessarily reward him all the time, but I do have treats available. But I also like treats because if I see a dog approaching me, one of the first things I will do if I see an off-leash dog is yell, sit or go home. Because most of these dogs that are loose are family pets. And most of the time, if you yell at them, they're going to be like, oh, I guess I shouldn't go up to her. You know, maybe I should (laughs) steer in the other direction. So I do try to recommend that. Just yell, sit or go home. But my next option is that I will take a whole handful of treats out of my treat bag and I will throw them at that dog in the hope that that dog will say, whoa, there's like all this chicken on the ground now and just gives me a little time to get away. And I don't want to run but I want to quickly divert my direction to a different way so that I don't necessarily have to approach that oncoming dog. So, and hopefully now your voice tone, because I I go an octave lower, go, Hey, sit. Exactly. It does matter. So what's happening if you, if you're a soprano and you're going, (laughs) the dog's like, Oh, that's a wuss. Right. Right. Exactly. You definitely want to sound angry. I mean, you want that dog to say, okay, not worth going up to her. She doesn't seem friendly. And we wouldn't <laughs> really Robin do that. Is, everybody. Robin really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am normally very friendly. Um, but in this situation, I want to just do what's going to be best for my dog, especially if my dog doesn't like other dogs coming up. So I just want to try to mitigate that that happening at all and just get that dog to steer away from me and go a different direction. And then the treats can help as well. If I also recommend if you're in a place where you know you encounter dogs all the time, sometimes having a small portable umbrella that pops open can be helpful where you can just open it. Now, if you're going to do this, I would work with your dog first to make sure your dog is used to having that umbrella open away from him, but you're <laughs> actually going to open it into the face of that oncoming dog, which for most dogs is going to startle them and they're going to be a little bit shaken and hopefully leave you alone. Well, okay, Mary Poppins. It's it's <laughs> going to um it's going to also create a visual barrier which also may help tone down the if it's a it's a big bad dog coming or something. I mean, I see a uh, Mary Poppins come out and have a an umbrella pop open to me. That's a that's a startle. What's happening um, in the mind of that dog coming your way? Well, that is going to startle them. That's exactly what's going to happen. And you can hopefully 
push that dog and sort of not without touching him, push him a little bit backwards because he's going to be like, whoa, what in the world was that? Because he doesn't know what that is. But like I said, you also want to make sure before you use that tool that your dog is used to it because otherwise you're going to scare your dog. <laughs> yeah, they're going to fiddle down the leg. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've even seen well, people have, that. I've even seen people that use umbrellas that have like an image on it. You know, they open it up and it looks like a frog head or a penguin or whatever, <laughs> which probably would even be more startling to that dog that sees. I have led eyes. an isolated life. Oh my gosh. Give us a tip. <laughs> we got about a minute before the break. What's a good tip you can share to help people with their own dog to be conditioned that this is nothing scary for you. This is our little umbrella barrier. I would start with just having that umbrella open and carrying it around with your dog, walking with your dog, giving your dog treats, making it a fun game, and then gradually work up to having your having it open near your dog, but maybe not right next to him. So maybe your dog's like a foot behind you and you open it okay. up and toss treats. And then you just work up to where that just becomes a big game of your dog. Every time that umbrella opens, they get lots of treats or lots of play or lots of petting. Until the dog just starts to think, eh, this is just a normal thing that happens. So you can kind of attach it to your jeans or something. How would you, you almost look like a gunslinger, right? That's, that's what I would do. I would get one of the smaller ones and one that has a button so that you just can push the button and it opens up. Oh my gosh. Hey, I'm already getting schooled in a great way with one of the co-founders of the Dog Gurus. We're talking Robin Bennett. It's thedoggurus.com, correct? That's correct. All right, when we come back, it's going to give us some more survival skills and how to deal with neighborhood walks and more. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, Pet Pals, to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're speaking with Robin Bennett. She is the one of the co-founders of the Dog Gurus with Susan Biggs. And before we continue, can you tell us a little bit? You guys have been uh, co-founders of the Dog Gurus for a little bit of time. Tell us, shout out to Susan for us. <laughs> well, yes, we have been together for years working in the pet industry um, met each other actually a long, long time ago and actually wrote a book together and worked as a joint venture. She had a company and I had a company and we just occasionally did stuff together in the pet industry, yeah. primarily with daycare boarding facilities, focusing on helping them to take good care of the dogs. And eventually about seven years ago, we said, we should just put all of our stuff together and focus <laughs> on one thing. And so we started the dog gurus formally as an actual company about seven years ago and help with business consulting and staff training of daycare and boarding facilities around the world. Well, I do know there's a lot of people that got dogs during COVID and now we're out and about. So we talked about the umbrella technique. Um, what are some things you should never do? I have a 35 pound dog, Kona, and I have an eight pound dog, Emma. I try to make sure that Emma is not a purse my ride dog. She's a dog, four on the floor. Is it good or bad if a dog's approaching to pick up that little dog? Well, so there's a risk involved if you pick up that little dog because the dog that's coming at you could potentially jump up. 
Now, that being said, if you're near something where you can pick up your dog and put them on something, like put them on a car or put them on a trash can, um, that might actually be a little bit better than just picking them up and holding them. But I will say there is a risk there. Now, the downside, though, is if your dog gets attacked and is on the ground, there's a risk there, too, that your dog, especially if it's a large dog, can injure a small dog so easily. So I do know that people end up saying, I'm just going to take the risk and pick them up. But I would say try to pick them up. You don't have your hands free. Right. Then that's the other problem is now you really can't do anything because you're basically like wielding your body with your dog in it. So I was going to, I always say, if you want to pick your dog up, try to pick them up and put them like on a car or in the back of a truck or, or on a, over know. a fence, maybe, or something. Right. Make sure there's right. not a big dog on the other side. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I did have a client once that put her dog in the trash can and closed the lid. So I kind of thought that was a good, and it worked. The dog just left them after her dog was in the trash can. But she did get it out afterwards, obviously. But if you have some place like that where you can pick them up okay. and put them on something, that could help. I like the cars because you always heard in the old days, oh, just get a garden hose. Where the heck is a garden hose on a sidewalk? And exactly. you're not going to have a little squirt gun. There's, that's not going to do anything. A lot of people do use the water method or they always recommend it. But I have found that unless you have something like a water hose, just a bottle of water generally isn't enough of a deterrent to get the dog to stop. So I don't really recommend that unless, you know, you happen to be walking by and someone's (laughs) watering their yard. I suppose you could grab the hose and do it, but that's just not as likely to happen. What about sounds? And I know there's companies that make that burst of air. Um, Does that, are those things effective? Cause you do look like a gunslinger. If you've got your little mini (laughs) umbrella and your little air spray. Um, what's your take on those things? I do think those can be very effective. Again, though, that any dog that's hearing that sound, it's going to punish all the dogs, which means your dog is probably going to hear that as well. So it's another tool that if you're going to use it, you might want to make sure that it's not going to affect your dog. But we do recommend those. And they're, uh, they're small marine air horns, like for boating. Yeah. And you can buy yeah. them at boating stores. So it is, if you have an an environment where there's just constantly dogs around, like loose dogs all the time, it's not a bad tool. But the thing I, like I would it. be worried about, especially if you have a dog that has kind of sound sensitivities, like oh. a lot of the herding breeds don't really like those yeah. loud noises. It's really, really loud. So your dog is going to be affected mm-hmm. as well. That's the downside to it. How do you calm down now? Emma, I love her. First little tiny dog I've ever had. But I can't find the mute button on her. How do I calm my dog to lower the reactivity being read by the dog coming our way? Yeah, so that's actually one of the things that I do recommend is as much as possible, get your dog out and start to get them used to being in the presence of other dogs. They don't necessarily have to play with every dog, but just getting them used to being around. So it's not such a big, whoa, this has never happened. I never see dogs kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, One of the tools I do like to use with my own dogs is to toss treats on the ground. And if they're really, really high value treats, I want my dog to go, oh, wow, there's like all these treats on the ground. Lowering their head can sometimes send a signal to that other dog that they're not a threat. And keeps them preoccupied as well because they're eating stuff. But I would work on a lot of that outside of the context of, oh, right this second, there's a loose dog coming. And I like that you say uh, more than just one treat, because sometimes people get the misunderstanding. You're walking with your dog. 
sit and give them a treat. Okay, keep walking, sit and get a treat. But you're kind of sprinkling that because it, what does that do to the dog's mind seeing a jackpot on the sidewalk? Exactly. They basically are now in a different mindset. They're saying, whoa, they're like, oh, this stuff going on. And it helps to detract them, distract them from, you know, focusing on something else and can get them to settle down. Just the fact that they're now eating treats and are able to eat treats, it's going to help to to calm them down. Sort of like comfort food for us, (laughs) I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I do know sometimes a person means well and a dog pops out of their front door because it was left ajar or they do have the dog on the leash and the dog gets free. Any advice for how we calm down the human? It's the same kind of thing as just trying, if your dog, if you know your dog is friendly. So I had a situation where a dog ran up to my dog and I could tell the dog coming was friendly. He was very exuberant, but, and I also knew at that point, my dog was friendly too. The owner was completely flipping out, but I did just tell her it's fine. Like, I don't think anything's going to happen. But if a fight breaks out, it's very hard for you to watch your dog in that situation and also try to be kind or polite in that Mm -hmm. moment to the other person. So sometimes it's just a matter of saying, you know, let's just deal with this later. Like, make sure your dog is safe. Do whatever, you know, first aid you might need to do on your dog and then figure out who that owner is and go back and talk to them later. Because I do think sometimes in the heat of the moment, if something bad happens, you just aren't going to have the presence of mind yourself to stop. What about, um, you know, they are in a rumble and we know not to grab the collar because we want to keep our hands. Right. What, What can we do? Throw a jacket over and what would you recommend? Two things. One is if you have something to throw over the dog's head, that is probably one of the safer options. It's just if it's the middle of summer and it's, you know, California, you might not get naked. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not necessarily saying take all your clothes off, but you have a, if you have a coat on taking that off and throwing it over the head, a lot of times will startle the dogs enough that they'll separate because they're suddenly in the dark. The other tool that, again, you're going to look a little bit like the sling, uh, you know, you're (laughs) carrying all this stuff on your belt. But another tool, they do sell a citronella based spray that, again, if you're in an environment where this happens a lot, it might be a tool that you could use. And it's similar. It's kind of like mace or a bear spray where, you know, it's it's an unpleasant uh, scent and an unpleasant feeling for the dogs. Again, they not it's not going to kill them but they're not going to like it but you can spray that type of a spray um as a deterrent either as the on dogs on coming up to you or if your dog does get into a tussle tussle with another dog if you have to separate them i don't recommend like you said grabbing their collar um the last resort for me is kind of to grab their hind legs but knowing that as soon as you do that, do, do that the animal is most likely going to come back at you because you've now picked up their back legs. So that's always a last resort in my mind. We want people to learn more about this new parent component you've added. So tell us that we just have a few seconds left. I can't believe it. We got to have you back, Robin. (laughs) Sure. Please say yes. Get you on the record. Um, So how do people find out more about the roughly speaking dog and the dog guru? Yeah. So if you're a pet care business, thedoggurus.com. And for pet parents who want to build a stronger bond with your dog, roughlyspeakingdog.com. I wanted to really dive into this topic because it's a big one for all of our um, pet pals tuning in. I want to give pause up to our special guest. We had Cynthia 
Shamos of Catio Spaces, and of course, Robin Bennett of The Dog Gurus. I want to give a special shout out to our wonderful sponsors, Perniture Furniture Store and Tevra, the makers of products for healthy, happy pets. You can go to perniture.com and tevrapet.com. At Tevra, at checkout, put in Arden23. I want to thank all the stations, Coast to Coast, airing our show, and you, Pet Pals, for tuning in. Until next time, just have two words for all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. 